Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, how's it going? (laughs) That does not sound very passionate, my friend. Does it need to be? It needs to be turned up a notch. (laughs) John, how's it going today? Yeah, now you're getting all quirky radio voice. voice. I don't know. What do you want me to be? Strictly passion, just fire from your gut. Well, you know, I got I to gotta get out of the uh, mind palace to really kind of... <laughs> all right, all right. We'll try again next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be with you, my friend. Thanks, man. Same here. How about that? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 been a, it's, it's been a long week, but hey, it's been a good one. And I'm glad to be back in here, you know, doing another show. And, you know, as we get started here, I just want to remind some folks about some things again. I want to say thank you to XS90 for sponsoring us. And uh, those guys have been with us, you know, all through this month and will be till January as we move forward into that start date to go on that journey towards freedom with, uh, uh, you know, with, with Lent coming and all of that, where we're going to be growing closer to Christ and uh, building the bonds of brotherhood with all the guys that are joining the wait list. They told me the other day we've got quite a few that are joining. Um, and I know that you and I have talked about how we're both looking forward to that time to sort of dial back on some things and concentrate, you know, our, our focus back on some things that we both have, have mentioned that have, have fallen off as things do sometimes with, a busy life of being a father and a husband and everything else we have going on. So you know, I had a trial run of it last night. So oh, did you? <laughs> our neighbors were, were installing a new fence, mm-hmm. and so one of the workmen decided to go ahead and, and cut the uh, the cable. Mm-hmm. So like four or four or, or ten cut houses, your TV cable, cut TV, yeah. yeah, internet, everything. So we oh, had wow. like it was like a it was a silent house, um, and uh, you know Christy picked a, bu- a book up and read, and you know of course homework was all done and stuff. So sure. we had one of those things where like. Hey, what's a DVD? You know, maybe we can, <laughs> maybe, work, how does this thing work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, you didn't have any power. Oh, no, you had power. You power. just didn't have cable. Didn't have That's right. Internet or cable. Yeah. yeah. So. so you still could take a hot shower, too, though. That's cheating. I did. <laughs> just I'm just slowly reducing the temperature just a little bit to kind of get myself. There acclimated. you go. Well, it's, yeah, I haven't done that yet. I think I'm just going to have to be a full all in and jump in and, and let it yeah. shock me. But, yeah. But no, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, as we get closer, they've given us some more stuff. There'll be some emails going out uh, for people on our email list to be able to join that way. But just really excited about it and thankful for those guys for bringing us this opportunity to, to partner with them for that. Also, too, this is another week we're, go- we're getting closer to Giving Tuesday. We talked about it last week on the podcast. You may have noticed some Facebook posts that have gone out that we're trying to get to this goal of 100 patrons. And if you remember last week, you know, one of the reasons I gave was to get the things we need for the Messy Catholic, the show that uh, Deacon Jeff are, and I are going to be filming and doing. And, you know, those there's a lot of expensive things that happen with that or you need for that, lighting, uh, cameras, uh, just just the stuff that goes along with setting up a, a, a studio area and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So this week, like part of what I'm going to ask again is, is you know, we, we need an office space for Pew Ministries. We're outgrowing where we are. Um, but what I mean by that is my wife is telling me to get everything out of our... <laughs> Yeah. yeah she's like there's too much stuff in here so we do need the area though to expand and to have an actual studio where we can do this stuff i mean a lot of the stuff i'm doing right now is from home and it's contingent on when the kids are around when they're not if the dog's barking or not all that kind of stuff so we need to be able to get there and to grow and to continue to have a space that suits our needs for what we're trying to do to uh, further our evangelization efforts and even bring in some folks to help with that so 
Um, we're going to need that space, and that's something that we're going to use that money for um, to house the Messy Catholic, to house uh, Pew Ministries, to do some things for just a guy in the pew. So uh, if you haven't become a patron, you can do that by going to um, www.patreon.com slash ministries, or you can go to our site and do it, and you can become a patron there, which means you, so, you choose a, a level of support anywhere from $5 up to whatever you want. And there's different things like, you know, you can get a stoneware mug or our, our Columbia fishing shirt or a ball cap or a koozie, all those neat things, but you get access to the exclusive content. And there's been a lot of guys that have reached out that have just really enjoyed that extra time, those extra thoughts, you know, 27 minutes and 30 seconds isn't always enough time to get everything we want to say out. Right. So it's an opportunity to do it there. And a lot of guys have enjoyed that. So you're going to get that exclusive content um, and also exclusive interviews that other people won't see with guys like Jason Everett. We have coming up this month. Brad's going to come Matt Brad's going to come on the show. We've had Bill Donahue and there's plenty more that we're, you know, assembling right now. So you get all that for becoming a patron. And if you just want to be a one-time donor, you can do that at donorbox.org slash pew. But either way, we, we thank you for your donations and they're going to help us to continue to do this. And we're trying to get to that goal um, that we've set before December the 1st, which is Giving Tuesday. So anybody out there that's been touched by the show or that just really um, enjoys what we're doing here or, or this has helped, you know, we'd appreciate it if you guys would consider supporting. And it's really a great way for you to get involved in evangelization. I hear a lot of people today, in fact, I had lunch with a guy that said, I want to start helping men find Christ, but I don't know how to do it. And I told him, I said, look, that's something that we're doing. And a way for you to easily get involved in evangelization that way is to support what we're doing and allow us to continue to go forward in this. And and he was very excited to hear that, you know, and, and so it is a way for you to participate in that if you'd like to. So Either way, thank you for what you've given. For those that have given, we've got three new patrons this week, and Tim and Jeff and Daniel, and, and we really appreciate that. So um, just any support that we can have or, or people are willing to give, we're glad to accept. And, and you can know that we're going to put that those funds and everything towards uh, towards the mission of, of Pew Ministries and just a guy in the pew. So now let's move into our fourth installment. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about just this four-part series that just sort of came about. Um and it's been focused on how to become and stay a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, it's something that I get asked often, and you hear men just saying, "We hear to be a, you know, we we hear we're supposed to be a disciple, but we never really get a roadmap or what are the things we need to become that." So that's what we've been trying to do these last couple of weeks, Victor. And you know, if you remember the first week, we talked about repentance and how we have to have that truly repentant heart, and we have to turn from our old way of life into this new way of life. And basically get to the point where enough is enough and God is more important to us than our very selves. We love him more than we love ourselves and we don't want to do anything that offends him. And then we move forward in our life that way, trying to live in the ways that he's asked us to live. And then we talked in week two about commitment, committing to that repentant life, that we're not just going to do it for a time period or for until the emotion you know, rolls itself away or, or goes away. Um, we're going to continue to commit to that repentant life. Um, and then last week, of course, we talked about authenticity. You know, people uh, you know, sent emails in and said, well, I, I've, I've repented, I'm committing to it, but now how do I live that commitment out in my life? And the answer to that was through authenticity, being the same person all the time in your life and allowing your faith to control and, and, and determine every decision and everything in your life, every minute of every day, and how Jesus was an authentic man himself and how we have to look at, at him and have that motto that he had of, the world must know that I love the Father and that um, that I do everything He commands me. And if we continue to live that authentically, make our words match our our actions, all of that, that we're going to be on the right path. Well, the fourth thing this week 
that, that came to my mind when, we were, when I was looking at how to become a disciple and stay a disciple is passion. You know, if you look around at the history of the church, if you look at the saints, you look at the martyrs, you look at everyone who's impacted the faith and helped bring further conversion to the world, one of the main things they had was passion. And if you look around the church right now, or in the world period, you see a lot of Christians, you see the numbers out there of the percentage of Christians in the world. And I think there's what, 73 million Catholics around the world or something like that. But you don't see a massive percentage of those Catholics passionately living the faith every day, you know, moving forward with every bit of their life in this passionate, um, just chasing of, of Christ or, or passionate evangelization. And so, you know, I guess where I want to start off is what is passion? You know, I like to do that along these shows and just define that for people. And the dictionary would tell you it is, it's a strong and barely controllable emotion. It's a feeling of intense enthusiasm towards something. And, you know, passion is something that we have to have. Like, there's so many things in our life. You can say things to people. You can have conversations with people. You can have interactions with people. But if you're lacking that passion for what you believe in, you know, then then a lot of times the, those, those conversations are going to fall on deaf ears. You're not going to have the impact you want. And so passion is something that we have to have as disciples to to really be able to carry out that mission of going out and making disciples of all the world. But I see it lacking in a lot of places in, in, the, in our church and in all parts of Christianity around the world. Well, you're talking about a passion, I think, for a lot of people. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a two different scenarios, like one where it's a slow, progressive aspect of faith and developing that faith. And then you have the individuals who maybe have like an intensive moment in their lives that change them the whole being in faith. And I think there's kind of like that journey thing. It's like a slowly re- revealing of God's love to you over time that you kind of look back and say, oh, God was with me the whole way. And then you have the moments like a lot of the saints, their stories, the conversion stories, like something happened instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, you know, it's youth, but whatever, they went away. And then all of a sudden in their adulthood, something came and, and it hit them like, you know, St. Augustine, you know, the whole yeah. thing. Take up and read, you know, the whole, he heard a kid say that and he's like, why would a kid ever say that? Obviously, God's trying to speak to me. And that set him in a whole perspective of being uh, a father of the church. Mm-hmm. And and I think we all have these little roles in our lives or faith that we have this that comes in and out of, of either our, our paying attention of our faith and our growth that changes us. But not all the time do we understand, make that connection to what, what that means, which is the passion, mm-hmm. right? We see, we understand, but we don't we don't take it in and like run with it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, and and it is something that we have to have. I mean, you know, that is the what. And a lot of times people will say, well, where does it come from? You know, like, where does passion come from? How do I live a passionate life for Christ? And, you know, I'm doing, I've repented, I've committed, I've, I'm, I'm trying to live authentically, but where does that passion come in? And a lot of times, you know, we've talked about this before, you can find yourself in ruts and you're just kind of checking boxes and you're going through life and you're doing all the things that a good Catholic should do or a good Christian should do. I'm going to mass, I'm tithing, I'm, I'm helping the poor, I'm, I'm trying to be a good dad, I'm trying to be all that. And, but we don't have that passion, you don't feel that fire in your life. And, and we know that you're going to go through consolation and desolation, that's part of life. But we always have to be stoking the, those flames of passion in our life because that's what drives us. You know, if you're not passionate about something, then chances are it's going to be something that falls by the wayside. It's going to be something that doesn't become important to you after a while. Um, It's secondary. Right. It becomes secondary because you lose your passion for it or you become passionate about something else. And, you know, people ask me and and asked about this when I was talking about doing this episode to people, you know, and, and just friends of mine lately. 
And they said, well, where does it come from? Like, where does that passion, John, for instance, that you have to, to you know, do this podcast every week, to do videos, to to basically turn away from secular things in your life, like a, like a regular job and all that, and try to go out here and do what you're doing for Christ. And it comes from, from knowing Christ. It comes from that relationship that we've talked about so many times. You know, if you're going to be passionate about something or someone, you've got to know them. You've got to have feelings for them. You've got to, you've got to have that relationship. You know, if I'm going to be passionate about my marriage, then I have to really take put time into getting to know my wife, getting to, to know what she loves, what she doesn't like, you know, what, what her love language is, all of those things. And then you become passionate for it, right? Like it's something that's super important to you that you never want to let down, that you always want to be driving to to make better in your life, right? If it, there's so many people that, that we know that are divorced that would tell you, man, I just, I didn't put my efforts into my marriage. I quit putting my effort in. Basically, I quit being passionate about it. And that same thing can happen in our faith. So we have to, like where it comes from is this constantly constant rekindling of that relationship with Christ. You know, through prayer, through scripture, um, just just through through meeting him through other people, right? Like just being aware of the presence of Christ in your life all the time, and trying to nurture that, trying to um, to to foster it, you know, through your own actions and 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 be a means for people to get to know Christ, but to have that relationship to where that's important to you, like it's the most important thing to you, and not only with him but with the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times we all have the Holy Spirit within us. If you've been baptized, if you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right, he dwells there. Yeah. He dwells there. Yeah. But a lot of times we're not open to it, right? We don't, it's almost like you can see, and a lot of people have talked to me about this, like, I think I have a relationship with God. I think I have a relationship with the, with Jesus because they're people in our mind, right? Like they're yeah. a persona. There's a, I imagine when most people think of God or Jesus, they think of an image of something, an old man, or of course we have plenty of pictures of what we thought Jesus looked like. So most people, I think there's an image of a physical presence of those two where the spirit you're kind of like am i talking to a dove am i like <laughs> is mm-hmm. it a breeze of the wind like I, it's weird talking to him because you know i don't i don't see something that he would look like and and so i think a lot of times we we ignore that that conversation with the holy spirit that we need to have in our life all the time and that's where that passion really comes from right like i love jesus and i want to live for jesus but knowing the Holy Spirit and knowing the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power that it brings and the and the role it wants to play in my life uniquely is what allows me to have that passion. And so that's what I say to people, like, where does it come from? It has to come from that that nurturing, that growing in that relationship, not only with God the Father and Christ, but with the Holy Spirit itself. And what are you, as the Holy Spirit, what are you leading me to? What are you asking of me? What are my gifts? How do you want me to use these? And the more and more that we have those conversations, the more in tune we are able to to receive, to understand, to see, to feel what it is that we're being led to do through the Holy Spirit. But we cannot do any of that without growing those relationships and thus becoming passionate about what we're supposed to be doing. I think for most of us, uh, having imagery of what that means is probably what helps us learn. Yeah. Really, like, like for instance, we talked about the dwelling of Christ, you know, is in our hearts. So think of your heart being like a tabernacle, right? And the door's flung wide open and the host is being present for everyone to see, meaning that you're being authentic. You're holding every mm-hmm. day, you're the same person every day. But like I said, if you keep those doors closed, he's still there, but you're not showing his love. Right. And, and in a sense, there's no connection to the people around you. Right. And the, and the more roadblocks we put up to the, to the spirit being active in our life, 
the more that I, th- I think we begin to see that fire flame out. I mean, it, we've talked about it a bunch, you know, conferences and all those different things that, that people go to and have the opportunity to be a part of where they get on their spiritual highs, they go up the roller yeah. coaster, and then wham, they're just right down the other side. And a lot of times find themselves even in a worse place than they were because it's like, man, I was on this 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 just super high and I want to chase that feeling all the time. And that feeling's not always going to be present there. It's something you have to work towards. You have to fan the flames of the Holy Spirit, as they say. And so that's the danger of that, of 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 not of roadblocking the Holy Spirit in your own life, of not growing in that conversation, growing in that relationship with Him, because that's what's going to allow you to have that passion. There's so many times when I get on a stage and I have no idea what I'm going to say. Now, if you're going to hire me for an event in the future, I do prepare. I don't want you to think I come no. unprepared. But there, but when I get up there, a lot of times I'm like, I know kind of what I want to say. I know the general direction. I know the topic. But I don't have notes. I don't have an outline. That all comes from the Holy Spirit. Like I begin to open my mouth. I've given my yes. And I say, like Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. And, and he speaks through me. And that's why those things come out passionate. You know, a lot of times people will come up and say, John, when you tell your witness story, or John, when you speak about this, like, it's not so much about what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. Like, you're conveying across what you believe and how, like, seriously you believe this. And and that's what is changing hearts is that passion that comes across. You and I could have the same conversation with somebody in two different ways, and it affect them in, 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 in different ways ways, right? Depending on how it was said or how it was explained, the tone of the voice, the excitement in the voice, all of that. And that's why it's important that we have that passion in our life. And, you know, tons of people are passionate about all those things we talked about, their job, dogs, food, their favorite sports team, all these other things in life. But our faith, we we don't always act that way. And when we're going around trying to um, do the work of Christ, but we're doing it in a way that is not passionate, then we're going to be unsuccessful a lot of times. What I mean by that is if you were to go to a restaurant and you're like, hey, John, I want to talk to you about this restaurant I went through. It was amazing. The food was good. My wife liked it. Yeah. The place was nice. I you get, and Angela I should go three there. stars. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would I would go there again. I yeah. was super excited. Do you want to come? I, I want to be <laughs> like, okay, Victor, I'll try it out. Right. And then I'm like, I'm never going there because <laughs> obviously he didn't like it like right. that. He He's telling me something, maybe to tell me a story or to have something to say, but obviously he didn't enjoy it enough to be excited about it, right? He wasn't passionate about it. And so many times that's how we present our faith, right? Hey, would you come to church with me? There's a guy named Jesus and he loves you and he would like you to go to church with me. You don't want to? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's you look at it and go, man, why did I fail? It's because you're not excited. Like you're not conveying that excitement. You're not letting the Holy Spirit loose on that conversation. When I worked for Napa Auto Parts, Anytime I sold anything, it was because I believed in what I was selling. You know, if I if I had something, whether it was a widget or a, a tool or a new brake pad line or whatever it was, and I went into a customer shop, if I believed in it, 99% of the time I sold it. I mean, guys were like, you know what? He's passionate about it. He believes in it. I'll buy it. You know, I'll buy it. I'll go off what he says. I trust him and I'll buy it. And most of the time we have those things in our relationships, right? We have the trust. We have those, you know, the relationship with people, but it's that passion that's lacking. The times where I went in there and I'm like, you know what? My boss says I need to sell this, but I, I really don't know what it is. I don't know what the use for it is, or I don't really think this guy yeah, should need it. They got to two units this week. Yeah, right. So. Like it's just something I'm supposed to do, right. but it's something I'm not passionate about. Then all of a sudden I didn't sell it. You know, it was days where I was going back as a salesman of the year in a country, in a, in a Fortune 250 company. 
and, and coming back with goose eggs because I didn't believe in it. It wasn't something that people could obviously see. I mean, you know what? I'll buy it because he's he's obviously behind it, and he knows it, and he thinks it's going to make my life better. That's how we have to approach evangelization with people. And when we're going to these conversations with people where this just sort of, all right, here's my script, and I'm going to go off of it, instead of sharing our story, telling about the miracles that Christ has performed in our own life and being passionate about those things, then we're never going to be successful as a disciple, and we're never going to remain a disciple because you're going to continue to, in your eyes, lose, right? You didn't, you don't see something happen. You don't see conversion from that moment. So you begin to let that fire go out. Well, I tried, I tried. I, mm-hmm. It just isn't for me. And next thing you know, you find yourself moving backwards in your faith. But it's because we lack that passion. Uh, you know, we have the greatest news ever, but we don't, we don't approach people that way, right? We, if someone was to, Victor, if we were walking out of here after the podcast and, and you know, a car came careening around the corner and I knocked you out of the way and I got hit or I, I didn't, but either way, I saved your life. You'd probably be like, man, John, thank you so much. Like, oh, oh my gosh, what what can I do for you in your life? Like, I'll never, I'll always be indebted to you, da 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 You'd be telling everybody that John saved your life or whoever it was saved your life. But we have somebody who did that 2,000 years ago for us. And we act like it's not a big deal in the way that we act or we speak a lot of the times. You know, it becomes a script or something that we're just supposed to do. And then we check that box instead of being passionate about it and explaining that away. The greatest story ever told. You know, we messed up. God loved us so much that they, he sent his son, which he loved more than anything, to die for us. He came to do that for you so that you don't have to go to hell and suffer eternal uh, separation from God for the rest of your life. He did that for you. And when we speak in those ways and we speak in those manners, we have that excitement in our voice and, and allow the Spirit to work through us. That's where we'll see true conversions in the world. But we have to get to that point where we for, we don't forget that we have the greatest story ever told anymore. We've got to get back to sharing the charisma and understanding just how wonderful that that's the best news ever and shared in that manner. You said something about oh, the shows way back about like um, you know the Marvel why Marvel is such a big thing because people are looking for heroes. But like you yeah. just said, Christ is the ultimate hero. I mean, he's he conquered death. You yeah. know, he defeated the devil. I mean, what more does he need to do for sure. you to trust him in, in in your daily life? Yeah, and so that's. I mean, if you look at the Bible, you look at everything. Like the, the apostles knew that they had the greatest news ever. They went out. They converted the world by their passion for Christ. Went all over the world in a hostile environment where they were dying, being killed. You look at all the martyrs that we celebrate in the church. People that went all the way to their grave that would not turn and say, and say they didn't believe in Christ. They wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, do a pivot on what they believed in in order to save their own lives. They were passionate about what they believed, and they lived it all the way to the last minute of their life. That's inspiring St. Paul. He made mistakes in his life, but when he had that conversion moment, he went around for the rest of his life trying to convert the rest of the world because of the passion that he had, you know, urging conversion in others. So that's what we have to do, and we have to nurture our passion by our conviction. We have to constantly re, um, rekindle that conviction in ourselves that this is what I believe, and if this is what I believe, then this is what I need to do. We have to have that conviction. We have to have that confidence in the story, in the truth of what God has shown us to be true. And we have to have that enthusiasm and then let it fan that passion into the flames of the Holy Spirit. And if we get to that point, guys, we're going to do a lot of things that we want to do in our lives. We all, if you love Christ, you want to do what he's asked of you. You want to be a successful evangelist. You want to be able to do the things that he's asked you to do. And the only way we can ever do that well 
is if we're letting that passion loose in our life. And if you start to do that, people are going to start to recognize that. They're going to start to see that in your life and they're going to want to emulate it. That's the thing, that passion that we see in people, these sports guys that, you know, for the passion of the game, that give their lives for years to these professional sports. They do it because they love the game and it inspires others to love the game too. That's the same place we're in in this spiritual world is if we love God so openly and so purely and so excited and enthusiastically and passionately, then it's going to draw other people to do the same thing. And if you want your your children, your kids to be passionate, they need to look at you. Yeah. I mean, because model behavior, like who would have known if, uh, you know, John, you know, the great Pope would have been the Pope who he is, you know, John Paul if he didn't see his father pray all the time, yeah. you know, I mean, we can't say that hindsight, but like I said, surely he was a motivation for him to continue to be strong in his faith to where he went into the priesthood. No, you're exactly yeah. right. And that's the way we got to live our life is continue to do the things that we know we need to do. We need to be repentant. We need to commit to that repentance. We need to um, be authentic in that commitment. And then we've got to live that commitment out with passion. And that's like today we didn't have a lot of notes. We didn't have a lot of quotes. We didn't have a lot of that because we didn't need it. It's just we're two guys that are passionate about the faith, and hopefully that's rubbing off on other people, and you understand what the importance is of presenting your faith in that passionate way. That's what's going to be be what convinces people mm-hmm. that you truly believe in what you believe, that you would go to your grave believing that, and it's going to be what they want to emulate in their own lives. So, guys, let's try to do that in our lives. I mean, just try to nurture that. Fan the, the flames of the Holy Spirit. Get to know Jesus, grow in your relationship always with him, and then continue to try to get to know the Holy Spirit and the promptings of the Spirit in your own life. If you do that, you're going to be a successful evangelist. You're going to be successful in what Christ has asked all of us to do, which is to make disciples. So, guys, just you know, we're going to take that to prayer in a minute, but I want to say again, exodus90.com slash John Edwards. That's where you sign up for the wait list. That's going to be a period of time where you can grow more passionate about your faith, where you can grow closer to the Holy Spirit and to Christ himself. Um, also, you know, we, we talked about Giving Tuesday. That's going to be something that really helps us out. It's going to allow us to keep doing shows like this and to keep doing the other things that God is asking us to do that we're so passionate about. So you can find that at um, www.patreon.com slash Pew Ministries. And then if you don't want to go there and you think it's easier to go to just a guy on the pew.com, you can go there. Also, DonorBox, you want to give a one-time donation, donorbox.org slash pew. But Victor, you know, being passionate about something makes it impossible to give up. And that's what we need to focus on, being passionate so we never give up on the task that Jesus has left us. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, there are so many things that we find ourselves passionate about in life. Oftentimes those things are something other than you. Help us never to forget that we are in the possession of the greatest news ever. And Father, whenever we find our passion waning, remind us to fan it back into flame by drawing closer to your Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.